So we're reading today from Ruth chapter 3, please. The third chapter of the little Old Testament book of Ruth. And remember the title of our series is Truth from Ruth. Truth from Ruth. Our Advent series for 2022. We looked last Sunday morning at Ruth chapter 1. Last Sunday evening at Ruth chapter 2. And this morning it's Ruth chapter 3, please. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said unto her, My daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may be well with thee? And now is not Boaz of our kindred, with whose maidens thou wast? Behold, he winneth barley to night in the threshing floor. Wash thyself therefore, and anoint thee, and put thy raiment upon thee, and get thee down to the floor. But make not thyself known unto the man until he shall have done eating and drinking. And it shall be when he lieth down that thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie, and thou shalt go in and uncover his feet. And lay thee down, and he will tell thee what thou shalt do. And she said unto her, All that thou sayest unto me, I will do. And she went down onto the floor, and did according to all that her mother-in-law bade her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk, and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of corn. And she came softly, and uncovered his feet, and led her down. So what's happening here is Ruth is actually proposing to Boaz. You see the sign or the method of proposal was to do exactly what Ruth has done here. To go to the man and to ask him to put the corner of his garment over her. That was the sign in Bible times that the man was willing to take the woman. So it was kind of like uh, Ruth was uh, giving her engagement ring or giving the engagement ring to Boaz, as it were. So it's sort of different from our culture. The lady proposed to the man and, um, and, and she, as it were, presented the ring to the man too. She asked him to cover her herself with the corner of his garment. So this was the this is sort of the um, the tradition in Old Testament days. So let's read on verse eight. And it came to pass at midnight. Remember, we sang at the beginning. It came upon the midnight clear. The shepherds at the birth of Christ had an encounter with the angel at midnight. It came upon the midnight clear, that glorious song of old. And here's another midnight meeting in Ruth chapter 3, when Ruth meets with Boaz. So let's continue to read on through verse 8. And it came to pass at midnight that the man was afraid, and turned himself, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. And he said, Who art thou? And she answered, I am Ruth, thine handmaid. Spread therefore thy skirt over thine handmaid. So there it is. She's asking for Boaz to 
give the sign that he's willing to accept her as his wife. Spread therefore thy skirt over thine handmaid, for thou art a near kinsman. And he said, Blessed be thou of the Lord, my daughter, for thou hast showed more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning, inasmuch as thou followedst not young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, fear not, I will do to thee all that thou requirest, for all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. And now it is true that I am thy near kinsman, howbeit there is a kinsman nearer than I. Tarry this night, and it shall be in the morning, that if he will perform unto thee the part of a kinsman, well, let him do the kinsman's part. But if he will not do the part of a kinsman to thee, then will I do the part of a kinsman to thee. As the Lord liveth, lie down until the morning. So Boaz is willing to take Ruth to be his wife. Folks, what you have here unfolding in Ruth chapter 3 is a desperate family in a desperate situation. Naomi and Ruth, they are in a desperate plight. I wonder, is your family in a desperate plight this Christmas? Well, what did Ruth and Naomi do? What was their plan? Well, the plan was they would approach the Redeemer. Because that's what Boaz was. As far as their uh, livelihoods and their, their financial security was concerned, Boaz was the man, the only person who could give them that security. And the only one who could solve the desperate problem they found themselves in the middle of. He was the only man, the only person who could deliver them from their desperate situation. And they went to him. Now let me speak to you if you find individually that you are in a desperate situation this Christmas or your family is in a desperate situation this Christmas. Let me tell you please go to the Redeemer. Go to the Lord Jesus Christ, our heavenly Boaz. Go to him this Christmas. Bring your desperate situation to him. And you will find that he will respond in the same way that Boaz did with grace and with mercy and with strength, and he will meet your need. He will do, as Boaz said, he will do all that you require. All that you need will be provided for you. Verse 14, And she laid his feet until the morning, and she rose up before one could know another, And he said, let it not be known that a woman came into the floor. Also he said, bring the veil that thou hast upon thee and hold it. And when she held it, he measured six measures of barley and laid it on her and she went into the city. And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, who art thou, my daughter? And she told her all that the man had done to her. And she said, These six measures of barley gave he me. For he said to me, Go not empty unto thy mother-in-law. Then said she, Sit still, my daughter, until thou know how the matter will fall, for the man will not be in rest until he have finished the thing this day. Father, we commend ourselves now to you. We're praying, Lord, for the help of the Holy Spirit.
As we come to this portion of Holy Scripture, we pray that with the help of the Spirit that we'll be able to unearth precious gems of truth from Ruth. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The text of Scripture that I want you to focus on today is verse 13 of Ruth chapter 3. If you look at Ruth chapter 3 and verse 13, please. Tarry this night, and it shall be in the morning, that if he will perform unto thee the part of a kinsman, well, let him do the kinsman's part. But if he will not do the part of a kinsman to thee, then will I do the part of a kinsman to thee, as the Lord liveth. Lie down until the morning. Now, folks, did you notice any um, particular word that's repeated there in that verse? Is there any word that stands out in, in uh, verse 13? Well, of course, you know what it is. It's the word kinsman. Kinsman. And that's the wonderful word that I want us to take out of this verse of Scripture today and think about. Because, you know, you can't really study the little book of Ruth without speaking on the kinsman. In the Hebrew, it's the word goel, G-O-E-L, goel. And it simply means the Redeemer, the Redeemer. There is an immediate connection with the Christmas story. As we think about the kinsman this morning or the Redeemer, we immediately think of the words of Zacharias in in Luke chapter 1. You remember his song, the song of Zacharias. It's called Benedictus, the Latin term, the Benedictus. But in Luke chapter 1 and verse 68, after the Lord gives Zacharias his voice back again, you read uh, these words, He hath visited and redeemed his people. Zacharias praises the Lord for redeeming his people. So there's an immediate connection between Ruth and the Christmas story. This theme of redemption, this idea of being redeemed. But then when you move into Luke chapter 2, you find another elderly person, and this is a lady now, and it's Anna. And again there's the connection with the book of Ruth. This idea of, of redemption being redeemed is mentioned by the, the, the elderly prophetess Anna. Listen to, her, uh, listen to the account of Anna in Luke chapter 2 verse 38. It says that she spake of him to all them that looked for redemption. Redemption. You see, Anna was talking not about Boaz from the Old Testament. No, she's talking about the heavenly Boaz, the Lord Jesus Christ, the great Redeemer that God sent into the world that first Christmas to redeem lost mankind. And both Anna and Zacharias connect us to the little book of Ruth 
from the pages of Old Testament Scripture. Redemption, being redeemed. Zacharias and Anna, they speak of the Goel, the Redeemer, the Kinsman, who would come, the promised Messiah, who would be born in Bethlehem. The Kinsman. Of course, we have read today about how Boaz showed kindness to to Ruth when she approached him. And uh, anyone who approaches the Lord Jesus Christ also receives kindness. They will experience kindness because the Lord Jesus himself said, Him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. The vilest can come to him. He's so approachable. That's the, that's the wonderful thing about the Lord Jesus. He's so approachable. I remember when I was young going to the Ulster Hall in, in, in Belfast. There was a great protest rally. Uh, and it was all to do with a, a Roman Catholic scholar. A Roman Catholic theologian called Alphonsus Liguri. And you see Liguri wrote a book, The Glories of Mary. And in the book, he more or less said that Mary was approachable, but Jesus wasn't. Jesus was stern. And if you go to Jesus, he'll turn you away. But if you go through Mary, she's gracious. She she will welcome you. You can approach her. Of course, it, it was complete heresy. But I remember as a young boy going, and there were many people gathered in the Ulster Hall to protest and what Liguri, what the Roman Catholic Church had done was they had connected John Wesley somehow to Liguri. And so there was this great furore about it, and rightly so. Folks, I want to tell you today, you don't need to go to Mary, just go to Jesus, the Redeemer, because he's so approachable. He's even more approachable than Boaz. We can come to him today, whatever our spiritual need is. We can come to the Goel or the Redeemer. I want you to notice, as we think about this subject of redemption, I want you to notice that Boaz redeemed Naomi, first of all. He didn't just redeem Ruth. Sometimes we think that when we read the book of Ruth. But he also redeemed Naomi. And she was a Jew. And folks, Naomi is a type of Israel or a symbol of Israel. And it's amazing in the Christmas story the the number of references to Israel. And we need to be praying for Israel in these days And the enemies are all around, just wanting to devour that little nation and wanting to wipe Israel off the map. But it won't happen. But let's continue to pray for the nation of Israel and for the Jews. Brother Tom Rice was on the phone yesterday to arrange a meeting next year and he'll be with us in the month of June on a Thursday night. But we need to pray for men like that who are seeking to reach the Jews with the gospel so that they will find out about the Redeemer, not Boaz, no, 
the Lord Jesus Christ and that they would look to him and be saved. But Naomi is a symbol or a type of the nation of Israel. And in the Christmas story, guess what? You have reference after reference to Israel and to the redemption of Israel. Luke chapter 1 and 54. He hath holpen his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. Verse 68. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. Chapter 2 of Luke verse 25. Simeon. And it says, the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. Verse 32, the glory of thy people Israel. Verse 34, behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel. And so as we think about the little book of Ruth, and as we think about how Boaz redeemed Naomi, a Jew, we think about how the Lord Jesus came to redeem his people Israel, of which Naomi is a symbol. But then Boaz not only redeemed Naomi, but of course he redeemed Ruth, a Gentile. And Ruth is a type of the church, a symbol of the church, the one church of Jesus Christ. She's a a symbol or a type of the Gentile bride that Christ is building and, and one day will take to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And we need to be praying in these days that the Lord Jesus would build not so much this church here in New Buildings but his church across the world. Because at the end of the day, there really is only one church. But Ruth is a symbol or a type of the church being redeemed. The Gentiles being brought into union with the heavenly Boaz, the Goel, the Redeemer. I mean, you just... Go back to the Christmas story again, and if you turn to Luke chapter 2, verse 32, the words of Simeon, listen to them. The Lord Jesus is a light to lighten the Gentiles. A light to lighten the Gentiles. My, how we need that light to shine today in our little province, because it's getting very dark, folks, spiritually. And we need the light of the world to lighten the Gentiles. Matthew 2 verse 1, there came wise men from where? The east. Gentiles coming to Christ. Ruth was a Gentile in the Old Testament. She came to her Redeemer. What do we find in the Christmas story? We find the wise men, Gentiles, doing what Ruth did, only they didn't go to Boaz. The earthly redeemer, they went to Christ, the heavenly redeemer. And they became part of his church. 
The requirements of the Redeemer. Let's think about that as we move on. The requirements of the Redeemer. What what did the Redeemer or the Goel or the kinsman, to use that word again, what what were the, the requirements of that individual in, in the pages of the Old Testament? Well, first of all, they had to be a close relative. To be a kinsman, to be a a goel, to be a redeemer, you had to be related to the person you were redeeming. You had to be a close relative. Boaz was a close relative of Naomi. He was, uh, uh, in fact, he was a relative, to be precise and accurate about it, he was a close relative of her husband Elimelech. And so immediately Boaz qualifies to be the Goel or to be the Redeemer, to be the kinsman for Ruth and Naomi. But then when we think of the Christmas story, we think of, we think of how the Lord Jesus Christ became a close relative to us that first Christmas You see, the Saviour became part of the human family at Bethlehem. The one worldwide human family, Jesus became part of it 2,022 years ago in the stable beside the inn. Nobody else really batted an eyelid The world just went on with its business, but a wonderful event was taking place in that barn all those years ago because Christ was becoming our close relative. He was becoming one of us. He was becoming a human being in order to be the kinsman, in order to be the goel, in order to redeem us. I don't know whether you watch Carols from Kings on Christmas Eve. It's a a lovely service, by the way. If you've never watched it, I would encourage you and recommend that you do take the time on Christmas Eve even to watch some of it. And of course, if you miss it, you can always go to the iPlayer, can't you? But it's a lovely service. It's a a carol service from King's College, Cambridge. And it, it takes place every year on Christmas Eve. They have a festival of nine lessons and carols. And the ninth lesson or the ninth passage from the scriptures that's read every year is from John chapter 1. And they read these wonderful words. John 1 verse 14, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The Word, that's the Lord Jesus, our great kinsman, our great redeemer. He was made flesh. He became our close relative. He became part of the human family in order to save us from our sins. Then we think of 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. God was manifest in the flesh. So simple and yet so profound. God was manifest in the flesh. And that's what happened at Bethlehem. God was manifest in the flesh. 
So that's the first requirement of a a Goel or a Redeemer. They had to be a close relative. And Boaz, he qualified. And certainly the Lord Jesus Christ qualifies. Secondly, you had to have the means to bring about the redemption. Not only did you have to be a close relative, but you also had to have the ability to redeem the individual. And we know, of course, that Boaz was a mighty man of wealth. Ruth chapter 2 verse 1. He had the wherewithal to redeem Ruth and Naomi. So he qualifies. He meets the second requirement. But what about the Lord Jesus Christ? Has he the wherewithal to redeem you and me? Does he have what is required to redeem Lost sinners? Well, I'm, I'm asking a, a rhetorical question. Of course he does. I mean, you just have to read First Peter chapter 1. In verses 18 and 19, it tells us that we are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold uh, received from the vain conversation of our fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ you see, that is, that is what is required for redemption to take place in the life of a sinner. The precious blood of Christ. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? If you haven't been, there would be no better time than Christmas 2022. Thirdly, here's the final requirement for the Goel or the the kinsman or the redeemer. They had to have a desire to accomplish the redemption. They, They had to really want to redeem the individual. Well, obviously, Boaz, according to our reading from Ruth chapter 3, obviously he has a desire, uh, he he has a willingness to redeem Ruth and Naomi. Of that, there's no doubt. What about the Lord Jesus Christ? Does he long to save sinners? Does he long that you and I would be redeemed with his precious blood? Of course he does. He longs. With an insatiable longing. He desires that you and I would be redeemed. That that our names would be written in the Lamb's book of life. Oh, the Lord Jesus today, risen and exalted at the Father's right hand. He has such a passion for the redemption of sinners. Because remember, he is one of us. And as the theologians say and talk about there is a man in the glory, a close relative. And according to Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 
Just think of his words in Matthew chapter 23, verse 37. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not behold your house is left unto you desolate. Can you not, can you, can you not feel the passion in those words from the lips of our great Goel, our great kinsman, our great redeemer? If you end up in hell, you will have to bypass him. You will have to bypass the cross. If you end up in hell, you will not be able to turn around and say it is Jesus Christ's fault he's to blame. No, you'll not be able to say that. It will be your fault and no one else's. Souls of men, why will ye scatter like a crowd of frightened sheep? Foolish hearts, why will ye wander from a love so true and deep? Was there ever kindest shepherd, half so gentle, half so sweet, as the Saviour who would have us come and gather round his feet? There's a welcome for the sinner and more graces for the good. There is mercy with the Saviour. There is healing in his blood. For the love of God is broader than the measure of man's mind, and the heart of the eternal is most wonderfully kind. Let's turn to number 278, please, as we finish 278. And we'll have the first and last verses of 278. Rejoice and be glad, the Redeemer has come. Go look on his cradle, his cross, and his tomb. 278. Sing, please. 